This is the 90s and 2000s. Please stay on the line if you wish to hear the flip phone podcast and learn everything about this epic era. Hello, welcome back to the flip phone podcast. It's Farnaz and Gabby here. Hi. We're already on episode 16, which is crazy. I know, right? Uh, We took a bit of a pause because I was sick for a bit. And then we thought, you know, why don't we just come back for a holiday special and sit since the end of the year and make it our, what? It's our season finale now. Yes. (laughs) We have plenty of that holiday nostalgia and joy for you. We're breaking down some of the top holiday movies from the 90s. 90s holiday classics. I'm sure the movie that comes to everyone's mind immediately is Home Alone. How can we forget cute little Macaulay Culkin? (laughs) It's a classic that will never not be the best, even if it's played on TV like every day for the month of December. I love going through the cable TV schedule to see it on like every other channel because that's when you know it's almost Christmas. Right? When it's on like every day and then like every other hour they just play the same movie. You're like, okay, Christmas is near. So it's even better when they put um it back to back, like all the Home Alones. I love when that happens. I'm like, oh, right. I'm binging this right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the 90s started off just right though because they released Home Alone in 1990 and now it's like two decades later and you'll still find people watching reruns of this. Especially in Poland, because apparently there's some kind of tradition around Christmas time to watch it on TV with family and friends. Um, that's adorable. Why is that not a thing in Canada? No idea, but I feel like th- at this point, everyone probably does watch it without realizing it's a bit of a tradition. Yeah. I know I probably watch it every year, so I think it's a thing that we didn't, we haven't uh, claimed it yet, I guess, like Poland mm, has. True. Home Alone is a movie, you just like, you can't compare it to the other ones. I mean, holiday movies nowadays are just so cheesy, especially like those Hallmark Christmas movies. We all know how those are. <laughs> They're not the best, but for some reason you feel compelled to watch them. Oh yeah, they all have the same plot, but somehow they suck you in and you watch all of them, even though you know the main characters are going to end up together and they will have that unrealistic, perfect Christmas. I honestly, I could barely finish these types of movies. I mean, I can proudly admit that I like watching chick flicks and rom-coms and all that. Mm -hmm. But these holiday movies are just too much on the fairy tale side and I kind of find it annoying. (laughs) Anyway, Home Alone is a pure family favorite. You can't deny it. It it held the number one spot at the box office for 12 consecutive weeks and it was awarded the Guinness World Record of the highest grossing live action comedy ever and held this record for 27 years. That was until 2017 when the Chinese blockbuster Never Say Die took their spot. Dang. Honestly, though, I'm not surprised that Home Alone was so successful. There are some big names behind it, like none other than John Hughes, known for the iconic coming-of-age movies like Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, and Uncle Buck, where John Hughes first worked with Macaulay Culkin, and he got the inspiration to write Home Alone with the role for him in mind. And then there's director Christopher Columbus, who wrote The Goonies and directed two Harry Potter films and Mrs. Doubtfire. It was seriously destined for success with these with this partnership, you know, the director and writer. Mm-hmm. And there's just so there's a whole franchise attached to Home Alone. With they have four sequels. There's video games. There's board games. There's a whole bunch of merch like Talk Boy, which is actually a prop for the movie. It wasn't an actual thing. And then one of the toy companies turned it into a real kind of tape recorder type thing. And Macaulay actually kept the prop one for himself, so he still has that. Cool. Did you see the Google ad that Macaulay did? I think it was like last year where he recreated the scenes of him finding out that he was left alone and he decorates the house to look like he's not home alone. 
so that Harry and Marv, the two burglars, won't rob the house. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. I think it was one of those ads for, like, Alexa or, like, Google Home, one of those things. And yeah, then, it was, like, yeah, Google Spot yeah. or something like that. One of those things, yeah. It was so cool yeah. to see, like, he could still act out his, like, old character. It's so cute. And also, like, I didn't realize... I didn't realize until recently that there's four Home Alone movies. I swear there was only three, and the last one was the only one with this other actor in cast or something. No, yeah, there was four. But can we talk about how they should have stopped it at Home Alone 2? Because, like, the last two were uh, not so great. <laughs> like, sorry, but <laughs> without Macaulay, like, these movies aren't the same. Yikes. Honestly, I don't want to diss the other kid actor. <laughs> but you just can't replace Macaulay. He was amazing. Yeah. And, you know... You know, speaking of a cast, apparently Robert De Niro was supposed to play one of the thieves or burglars, but he turned it down and then Joe Pesky picked it up. Honestly, I think it worked out that way because I can't imagine Robert De Niro playing the role the way Pesky did. Yeah. And there's a good reason why he did so well. He really got into his character with method acting. He avoided Culkin on set, apparently, to frighten him as much as possible because they wouldn't be familiar with one <laughs> another. And for one of the scenes, he actually bites Macaulay after his character threatens to do it. Oh my. Did he actually bite him? Yep. Jeez. Well, that's what I call next level method acting when you bite a kid. <laughs> my goodness. But yeah, the casting director did a great job casting him. It's really funny though, because apparently he swore so much on set because he wasn't used to working on like a family friendly movie and then the crew told him to replace any f-bomb he wanted to say with fridge wow what's even weirder though is that the other um actor who played the burglar daniel stern he says shit under his breath but they never cut that out of the movie i bet someone got in trouble in the studio for for not catching that for sure i mean daniel stern also took it to the next level with his character too um do you remember the tarantula spider spider that lands on his face and yes he does that loud scream yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that spider was very real, but he only allowed them to shoot this um, scene because in one take or he wasn't going to do it at all. Yo, okay. I would be exactly the same. Spiders are canceled in my books. <laughs> so if I was him, you would only get one shot or it's not happening. Sorry. Same here, but I'd straight up ask for a fake one. Like, there's no way a spider is walking over my face. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. And remember <laughs> um, the ornament scene where the glass like cuts his feet? They're actually made of candy glass. I always thought that was so cool how they can make like the candy glass look so realistic. Like talk about movie magic. It is pretty cool. It looks really real and like he's actually getting like cut on his feet. Mm-hmm. So weird. I wish I was clever as Kevin McAllister to come up with all these contraptions and so quickly. Like how how smart is he? Right. He's like the <laughs> ultimate master at booby traps. My favorite scene from this movie besides um, seeing his contraptions used on the thieves is when he plays that movie in the background. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. Cheapskates. Hey, I'm going to give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. One, two, ten. (laughs) It's too bad the movie isn't real, but you can find it on YouTube. It's called um, Angels with Filthy Souls and in Home Alone 2. There's a sequel version of that movie that they play in that one, and we'll get to that really soon. Yeah, total movieception. Another interesting hidden gem in this movie is the fact they subtly reveal how Kevin gets forgotten. So the night of the pizza incident, Kevin's dad, when he's cleaning up, he mistakenly takes Kevin's ticket, puts um, Kevin's ticket in the trash, and that's why no one accounted for him on the day for their flight. 
you know, that's some real good parenting if you ask me. <laughs> Tell me about it. But it makes so much sense now because I always wonder, like, how the heck could you forget your own child? You know, I always thought it was because the older cousin or whoever that girl is that's counting the head, she counts the neighbor's kid as Kevin instead oh. of, like, him. You know that I scene? never noticed that. Okay, that could have played a part, too, in the mistake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that must have played a role because the ticket, the ticket part was, like, really quick like they show a brief shot of the trash can mm-hmm. so you have to like really pause the movie to find that so i don't know maybe that counting thing plays a role too maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. some other cool facts to write about the movie is that the house that they filmed they filmed in was sold like about seven years ago for 1.58 million dollars and for you fans out there if you want to visit it it's located on 671 lincoln avenue in Wetic- in winnetica illinois but you should know that the treehouse Kevin ziplines from in the movie was not originally part of the property, so they had to tear it down, which is so lame because I think the owners could have got a lot more money for it if they kept it because it would have been like a little keepsake for the movie. Wow. No, I'm not going. Cancel my plane tickets right now. There's no zipline. I'm not going. Sorry. <laughs> I know. the whole. That was the best part of the film, too, when he, right. he goes down that zipline. So smart. That was, a, that was probably the best contraption, I think. Uh-huh. I agree. That was so good. And you know what? The new owners for this house probably get so annoyed with tourists coming in all the time to take pictures. Like, I wouldn't want to live in a house that was part of a movie or a show. I'd get really annoyed. Yeah, I'd feel so subconscious or self-conscious because, mm-hmm. like, you feel like everyone's just trying to take pictures. And you're like, you can't walk around your house unless, like, the curtains are closed. Unless, like, you're a really big fan and you wouldn't mind having people come in and, like, take pictures on your property. Like, you're a fan of the sh- Like, if someone was a fan of Home Alone and they bought that house... They'd be like, it's totally yeah. cool. You have to be like mm-hmm. a, a real diehard in order to own that house, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I visit the Home Alone house. It's such a great movie, and I, I look forward to seeing it every holiday season. Yeah, I feel like it's wrong to not watch it, so it's definitely on my list. But besides Home Alone, there's another big shot movie we've probably all seen at least once or twice. Mm-hmm. The Santa Claus. Oh, yes. Now, it doesn't have super amazing ratings like Home Alone, but it's a notable movie that a lot of people online are saying that is the absolute classic movie you have to you have to watch i for sure have watched this more than twice (laughs) (laughs) to be quite honest i don't remember much of this movie what is it about again okay so in a brief nutshell scott calvin played by tim allen is awakened one night because there's someone on his roof and he accidentally scares him and santa ends up falling off his roof and uh because he takes santa he essentially becomes the new santa claus so uh first he's in denial about it but then he realizes that the santa beard and the weight gain um is here to say he basically accepts it and goes to the north pole to live with the elves he also has a son in his failed marriage and he's found to have joint custody but the whole santa thing makes him look crazy to his <laughs> wife and her boyfriend or fiance whoever he is um but in the end they they all f- believe that he's actually santa and it, it all works this out. is such a cute movie i, I remember some of the scenes yeah, it's a cute movie. So I recognize the lead actor as Tim Allen, the guy from Home Improvement. Yeah, so Tim Allen wasn't meant to star in the Santa Claus because it was a role originally written for Bill Murray, but he turned it down because he said he it wasn't the type of humor, or it wasn't his type of humor. Mm-hmm. Then it, it almost went to Chevy Chase, but scheduling com- conflicts made him turn it down as well. I read that Tim Allen almost didn't get the role because he had been arrested for something a while back. And then Disney had this rule about not hiring former criminals or something. But <laughs> <laughs> this role um, was his first lead role in a feature film. I can't believe, I, I can't imagine someone else in this role. I'm glad they made an exception for him. 
Um, and speaking of Home Improvement, have you ever watched that show? Because yeah. all I remember is like the, there's that neighbor we never get to see that lives over the fence. Right, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> they never reveal who he was. So like, I wonder if he was actually Santa Claus because that would be a major plot twist. Yeah, that would be an, um, like, could you imagine? That would be like such a good Easter egg to like bring the two shows together. <laughs> I mean, I think they did like a, like a few Easter eggs from Home Improvement in the movie. Like there's something with, they, they did some kind of tying between the two shows. Hmm. Yeah. So, and apparently the Santa Claus was going to be called Such a Clatter, which is a line referring to Twas a Night Before Christmas. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Yeah, I don't like that title at all. I'm glad they changed the name because I don't think a lot of people would understand what the movie was about if they just called it that without any context. Yeah, like the Santa Claus makes so much more sense considering the whole movie is all about a guy becoming Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the original Santa Claus is different from the sequels too because they have uh, villain characters and interestingly enough the original did better than the rest. I guess it was a simplicity that people enjoyed with the first. I mean when you add all these characters and add all this evil stuff it's like is this really a holiday movie at this point? Like, mm-hmm. And you know the funniest fact about this movie is that there's a line that has since been removed from the new releases is um where the character Scott tells Neil that his mother can be reached at 1-800-SPANK-ME. Uh, <laughs> Disney had to remove this line from the newer releases because kids were apparently calling this very real phone sex line and it was charged on their phone bills. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, my God. Are you serious? That's yeah. Actually, like, that's kind of funny, but it's so very imp- inappropriate. <laughs> it is very funny. I can imagine, like, what a kid would be, like, <laughs> calling oh into that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what they would say on the phone <laughs> oh, like i agree like uh 100 like no sexy santa please that's just so wrong yeah i mean if you're trying to make a holiday movie i think it's fair to just default to keeping it family friendly why do you have to add all these dirty jokes and gags in them yeah no yeah but like that that anyway the speaking of family friendly movies you just can't go wrong with home alone 2 lost in new york I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy all the thing Kevin does to the bandits, and they never swear at him, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're so dumb for, like, falling for all the tricks Kevin plays. Like, it's they, they never learn to not mess with Kevin McAllister. I'm going to say Home Alone 2 is one of my favorite Home Alone movies. Um, the most hectic thing besides the traps he sets up in his, is his room service bill. In the hotel he stays at, he was billed at $967.43, where he ordered two chocolate cakes, six chocolate mousses with chocolate, vanilla and starfruit ice cream topped with M&M's, chocolate sprinkles, cherries, nuts, marshmallows, caramel syrup, chocolate syrup, strawberry syrup, whipped cream, and bananas, six custard flans, a pastry cart, eight strawberry tarts, and 36 chocolate-covered strawberries. I mean, talk about diabetes, but I feel like, though, if I was a rich kid left alone in a hotel, I'd order the exact same thing, honestly. Like, I also love the scene where the movie plays in the hotel, um, and Kevin makes the workers think that he has a gun and he's going to shoot them, and they're all, like, crawling on the floor trying to get away. Meanwhile, it's just a diversion so that he can escape and not realize that he's actually been living in this hotel alone this entire time. I love that scene too. He's so he's just so clever. I, yeah. The Plaza Hotel shown in the movie was owned by Donald Trump at the time, and he also makes a brief appearance in the movie. Excuse me, where's the lobby? Down the hall and to the left. Thanks. Gross. No. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> the hotel 
also used their real phone number in the movie. So a lot of reservations came pouring in after the movie came out. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. And of course, they made it even more special because the hotel created a package called Live Like Kevin, where you stay in the suite that Kevin stays at, which is Suite 411. And you can stay there for 1100 a night. $1,100? <laughs> Jeez. Like, that's not yeah. worth it. It's just a hotel room that looks like any other hotel room, so no thanks. Yeah, exactly. But hear me out. For the 25th anniversary, which is like two two years ago, um, they added a complimentary ice cream sundae cart, all the Home Alone DVDs, and an anniversary backpack. Now I wish I stayed at the Plaza Hotel when I was in New York. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a little bit more worth it if it comes with all of that stuff. Mm. I mean, besides wanting to live Kevin's bougie life in the hotel, <laughs> you want to hear the most relatable thing that happened on the set of the movie? Sure, what happened? Okay, so apparently it was so cold out when they were filming that their cameras froze. <laughs> oh my gosh. I got like flashback nightmares from winter filming our news packs in journalism school. <laughs> ah, the great memories of filming in minus 40 degrees Celsius oh. for our projects. I love that even Hollywood experiences it. It's so great. Uh. It's just nice to know that at least we're not alone and other filmmakers have to feel our pain. (laughs) This is also the only Home Alone movie where they use real snow too because a blizzard happened around the same time they started filming. So like the first one they used fake snow apparently and they donated it to like some kind of organization. But like a lot of movies apparently the festive ones they use fake snow. I mean I'm not surprised with the fake snow because they usually film in like the summer. Mm. But yeah they definitely got lucky with having that more like authentic look definitely and the director chris columbus was also seen uh keen on filming two sequels simultaneously so he wanted to film two because of macaulay's age and how he looked different mm-hmm. if he got older and stuff but then fox was like it's too expensive which is why they had to get another act and actor to come in for the third and fourth movies which we all know didn't do that well in comparison to the first two. <laughs> yeah, they should have just stopped at number two. Like, without Macaulay the ori- and the original cast, like, these movies just don't have the same feel. I agree. What's more interesting is, like, they're going to call the movie Alone Again, but they were worried that people might think it's just a remake of Home Alone. Uh, I mean, that's a smart move because yeah. I don't think it would have done well if people thought it was a remake. Yeah. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. when you try to stretch something out too much, it just ruins it. And, like, since 3 and 4 didn't do so well, it's obvious that they should have just stopped it, too. Like, just don't ruin a good thing. Um. Okay, so these three movies, Home Alone 1 and 2 and The Santa Claus, are the major 90s classics we all rewatch, but... How about those that aren't necessarily from the 90s, but we love them so much? Which is uh, your all-time favorite Christmas movie or series, Farnes? My favorite holiday movie is A Charlie Brown Christmas. (laughs) That's a good choice. I love Charlie Brown Christmas because the peanut characters are just so cute in this weird, mature way. (laughs) I love Linus and the blanket he carries around with him. And then that speech he does about the true meaning behind Christmas so memorable and like not to mention charlie brown's poor decision to bring a very limpy christmas tree back (laughs) (laughs) but that tree is like so popular like you can buy it at a grocery store now too and has like that little red ball or ornament on it (laughs) i'm like it's i feel like it's like 20 bucks so it's like not really worth it but at the same time i'd be like oh you could have your own little charlie brown christmas tree charlie brown christmas Um, mine is and always will be How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the version with Jim Carrey from 2000. Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. Yes, Grinch is honestly kind of relatable when you're in that sort of grumpy mood. (laughs) He kind of reminds (laughs) me of Squidward and Spongebob Squarepants. Yo, honestly, like, he's so relatable. It's kind of sad how how relatable he is. (laughs) 
But um, Jim Carrey is honestly a master at playing characters like this one. He adds so much of his own flair to The Grinch that it made it the best and most memorable to me, at least. I feel like thinking about The Grinch movies, like the characters, they, like they look so strange. The little girl and like their noses, like everyone's noses stood out to yeah, me. Yeah, the who noses, like the mm-hmm. like Cindy Lou, who is the only one that has like a normal nose because she hasn't grown into her nose yet. And, like, my other favorite line is, like, when his heart grows and he's like, I'm all toasty inside and I'm leaking. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, what are feelings? (laughs) He's trying to grasp the concept of feelings. (laughs) I wonder if they'll make another Grinch. Like, who would play it? Like, would they get Jim Carrey again? I wonder. I, like, honestly, though, I don't think he would because apparently the, the suit, like, he had to have, like, Navy SEAL workers come in and like train him to wear the suit because it was so heavy and like so incredibly uncomfortable that like oh wow he like yeah he like suffered <laughs> wearing this he's like never he maybe was in, never like, again the, the makeup for like 92 days or something crazy like that so like <laughs> i feel like he took one for the team and he's like yeah i'm not doing this ever again mm-hmm. it was a one-time thing he's yeah. like i did it for i did it for the kids and that's it yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> we'll see well you know until then Thank you for dialing into the Flip Phone Podcast. We want to know what you think, Flip Phoneers. Do you have any favorite Christmas movies that we didn't mention? Please send us your thoughts on social media. We are active on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just look up the Flip Phone Podcast. And since this is our season finale, we would like to wish everyone a very happy holidays. Yes, and a happy new year as we head into a brand new decade. That sounds so crazy know, to say. Right? <laughs> it's been three decades basically since the 90s. I feel hella old. Yo, me too. <laughs> Um, who knows what uh, 2020 has in store for us, but we can't wait to be back with a brand new season of the podcast in the new year. And remember, you can listen and re-listen to us on many platforms like SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe to those if you haven't already so you can dial in whenever and when we're back. Until next time, flip owners, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.